0: This is The Reality. And a hearty hello to you once again. Welcome to The Reality, a half-hour talk show talking about the sure reality of real life as found in Jesus Christ. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please consider supporting us by going to our website surereality.net. More about that later. James Gwilt was the only child of a single mom who worked long hours, leaving James in the care of a childminder most of his childhood. Struggling in school academically, he got into trouble many times. He began smoking cannabis at the age of 14 and started stealing cars and committing robberies when he was 15 or 16. He was arrested for two assaults and sent to Young Offenders Prison at age 16 for 4 months. On his release, James started to sell cannabis and joined a gang. He was stabbed during an argument on the street, resulting in a punctured lung and eternal bleeding. He was discharged from hospital and returned to his life of crime. Arrested for two firearm offences when he was 20, he received seven years' custody. He was released when he was 24 and began to sell crack cocaine. Despite the money, the clothes, the cars, the holidays and the women, he felt empty. It was then that he took up boxing with a friend at an amateur boxing match one day a man from the crowd simply walked up to him and told him that god was calling him
1: while i went to sit down guy come running through the crowd at me and he just put his hand on me and said look i need to talk to you um and he just said um can i share my story you know about salvation through jesus and what he'd experienced and uh, miracles that had happened and you know he's sharing with me that God wanted God wanted him to speak to me, and he had a plan for me, and and I just couldn't shake off what this man had said to me, I just couldn't shake it off.
0: James continued selling drugs, but started to feel guilty about his lifestyle. One night, after an encounter with a man at the boxing ring, he had an outer body experience. This is James's story.
1: When I was six years old, me and my mum, she she was very hard working, um, she would work long hours uh, for um, solicitors, so I would spend a lot of time in childcare. It just really lacked um, a real stability and a um, identity really. You know, I didn't really have my mum because, you know, being as though she was a single parent she couldn't do both, you know, she either going to be at home or You know, we'd been struggling or she's going to be out and we'd have what we needed. But, you know, there's a sacrifice to be made.
0: James started a struggle in his education. He got into trouble at school, choosing to be the outlaw rather than the outcast. He struggled throughout school, building a reputation for being a bit of a rebel.
1: Got to my teenage years and just started, you know, really doing as teenagers do really um from where i'm from Mm -hmm. Uh, we started drinking um smoking cannabis from the ages of about 14 and yeah just from there it just just gradually me and my mum's relationship was really you know a breaking point we'd have a lot of arguments you know i'd be you know disrespecting the house really smoking cannabis and coming and going as i pleased and whatnot um And, yeah, so the last year of school, I was in my final year, um, not long before my GCSEs, um, and I ended up um, assaulting a pupil over something very trivial, really, something that was nothing really to... But I completely lost it. I think it was all my frustrations just came out on this one one young person. Um, I was then, therefore, arrested, permanently excluded from school, so I wouldn't be taking my GCSEs um and then there was more incidents happening around the same time i had another fight with someone else and i was arrested for that as well i was put in front of a judge when i was 16 um, and sentenced to um, a youth offenders institute so when the rest of my friends were in school doing their gcses and whatnot i was um yeah serving um time in the youth offenders i got four months and of course going into a young offenders um, doesn't always you know help you know you see, i call it criminal college um and i just you know i was around other people who were gang members from different cities and you know you just learn a little bit more than what you knew before so i remember i served my sentence i came out got like a hero's welcome in my neighborhood got a lot of attention a lot of respect and i think um yeah i kind of thrived on that really um, you know, I just thought, well, you know, I struggle with an identity and purpose, and I started to think, well, maybe this is, you know, this is who I am. You know, this this criminal. This is what's getting me a lot of love and attention, and and respect, and I'm being seen. And you know, it, it kind of, yeah, I, I kind of thrived off it. So, um, yeah. So time s- starts going by, and you know, I'm I start selling selling cannabis. Um, doing for, for my age, I was about seventeen. Doing quite well, uh, making a lot of money in in, in terms, you know, the street terms. Um, a lot of people were quite envious. I was a young guy, you know, kind of out there making money. So um, I had a lot of issues as well, problems with with people because um, in that world, obviously, you make money. There's a lot of jealousy and and whatnot. So I ended up buying a firearm when I when I was about seventeen uh, to protect myself. And the the day I bought that, it just completely changed who I was. I completely lost who I was. I became power hungry and power drunk. You know, just completely just, yeah, just um, felt untouchable.
0: Around that time, at age 18, James had his first child. His relationship with her mum was not very good. He was living a chaotic lifestyle. During this time, he was stabbed in a street brawl and he suffered a punctured lung and internal bleeding.
1: I was lucky to survive that. I was in hospital for a number of weeks. And that could that was a bit of a turning point. I think I wanted to change my life. I really realised after my you know, my family were around crying around my bed and you know, I really reflected and, and thought about the life I was living and you know, but coming back out of the hospital, friends get their hands around you know, arms around you again and yeah, just straight back into into that life. Um I had no vision really, no goals or Anything, and it was just anything goes. Really, um, came to a head when I was about twenty years old. I ended up um, in a car crash where one of my friends lost his life. I was in the back of the car, lucky to have made it out alive. One of my friends were ended up in critical condition, fighting for his life. My other friend uh, died. Um, I was arrested um, for a firearms offence from the hospital after going to the hospital, and um, I was. Um, remanded into custody and then sentenced to seven years in custody and um, while I was in prison you know I was um, I had a young girl and she would come up and visit me and I'd have to watch her walk away and you have a lot of time to reflect you know on your life um, I did three and a half years because you have to do half of your sentence um, inside and then the other half out in the community so um while I was inside you know I was I looked up Islam. I, um, there was um, a lot of um, Muslim brothers who kind of put their arm around me and and introduced me to Islam. So I remember studying that because once you go to prison, you know your reputation and who you was out here and and you know uh, the power you have. It, it's not you don't have that anymore when you go to prison. You know you you're completely stripped down of who you are and you're now just a inmate with a prison number and you know you eat the same food as everyone else and. You know there's no real privileges so there's there's a, a a gap to be filled while you're in prison so islam at that point was kind of the gap um and you know i, I studied it and and i, I went to the fr- um, friday prayers and and but i just couldn't feel them um, the connection to to um to 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 the god in this way um i've always believed in god i always knew that you know there was there's a reason for, for life and you look outside and you see the birds and you know there's no way that I could believe, you know, what I was told <laughs> at a young age about the Big Bang theory and stuff. But I just didn't know the way to God. So I kinda just gave up really because I became the God of my own world, you know, deciding what was good and evil for myself, you know, and I decided that selling drugs was good because it supplied, you know, money and, and stuff for my family. And yeah, so I ended up finishing my sentence, got out into the community. Um, straight back to where I was from, um, ended up selling harder drugs, crack cocaine um, and making a lot of money. Um, but the more, you know, I, I got into that life, the, you know, the, the less, the, the more empty I felt, you know, I just, it just completely stole my peace really. Just, you know, I had problems, problems, abundance of problems everywhere, problems with my girlfriend, you know, problems with the police, you know, I'd, you know, the poli- I'd have to watch my back from police, enemies, and you know, I just had money, but it was just, it was just like a curse, you know. And I ended up just getting, yeah, just I ended up um, going out partying, drinking, trying to, you know, find new ways of finding this happiness and peace. Drinking, taking drugs, um, buying expensive clothes, jewelry, cars, uh, and everything. I was trying, you know, I just, it just just couldn't, couldn't find what, you know, what was, what was missing, truly missing, you know. I started rapping um, and, yeah, I tried, I tried a bit of everything, really, trying to find that thing.
0: James Gwilt was learning the very valuable lesson that money does not bring happiness. He was earning good money from the evil of selling drugs, but found that his world was drifting more and more towards a drastic, chaotic downfall. Unbeknown to James, he was discovering the truth of God's word. 1 Timothy 6.10 says, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And Ecclesiastes 5.10, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. This also is vanity. Looking for a deeper meaning in life, James took up boxing.
1: I started getting involved in that and I really enjoyed it. A few months I was training with him for, I got into the best shape of my life started to think you know I started to to get my mind back because you know I wasn't going out taking drugs and drinking I was training I was very focused um, still didn't have a goal was still selling drugs still you know kind of um doing what I knew knew best and um, and at this point now I'm like 30 maybe 32 33 I've been on the streets in the street life since I was about 16 and yeah I've um started boxing um, boxing for a few months with my friend who was a trainer, um, but then I started to lose a bit of focus because I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna be a boxer, you know, at this age, you know, I'm not gonna be the next Anthony Joshua or anything. So I kind of started to get a bit demoralized. Like, what am I gonna do with this? You know, as much as I enjoy it, but where is it going? So he ended up um, getting me signed up to a white collar boxing event. Um, for those who don't know, it's like um, an amateur boxing boxing match where you kind of people who've never boxed before will kind of sign up for, for this event. They'll be trained through an eight week program and then they'll have um, a boxing match at the end of it. You'll, you'll sell tickets and there'll be a lot, like a thousand people in attendance, you know, in, in, in suits and tuxedos and whatnot. And they make it like as real as the real thing would be. Um, so I signed up to this event. I've been doing many months of training before I'd even signed up. So I felt quite sharp. I felt quite confident. Um, and it, the night happened, I was very nervous um, Because, you know, I kind of hid behind, you know, this reputation of who I was on the streets And, you know, weapons and stuff But here I was kind of out in the open I'm going to be on this stage in front of everybody And, you know, I had this reputation to uphold So I was very nervous because, you know, all these thoughts are going through my mind mm. You know, I, I could get knocked out in front of people And, you know, there's there's a lot of egos and pride in this world So yeah, I was. Um, <laughs> I, I, I wondered why, I'd, I in the end, I was just like, why have you even signed up for this? But anyway, it went ahead. Um, the, the boxing match started, the, the bell rung, and within 30, 40 seconds, I'd, um, my leg would give way about, on three occasions within 40 seconds, and I was no longer able to continue the fight. I had so much adrenaline. And um, that, yeah, my leg, I ended up tearing all my um, ligaments, uh, my meniscus. I ended up having an operation after this, um, about a year or two after.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, um, within 40 seconds uh, after all this training, my leg gave way. I went and got dressed and I went to sit down at the table. So you've got like tables where you can order food and whatnot and watch the fights. While I went to sit down, um, a guy come running through the crowd at me. And he just put his hand on me and said, look, I need to talk to you. Um, you know, I didn't have a clue what he wanted. Um, I kind of thought he was the police or something, so I was a bit nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just said, um, can I share my story? So he ends up sharing his story with me, which happened, you know, about salvation through Jesus and what he'd experienced and uh, miracle miracles that had happened and, and all these things, and you know, I was I was very interested because I, I loved. I was a very spiritual person in the sense of wanting answers. You know, I was on I was always on a kind of a journey. I just didn't believe the answers were out there. Um, so when he was talking to me about about his experiences, and then he explained that God had told him that he wanted him to speak to me that night. And I mean, I'm in a crowd of a thousand people. Do you know what I mean? And everyone else are getting drunk and. There's all kinds, you know, just it's just a place of just, you know, boxing and, and sport and people laughing and joking and drinks. And it's not really your typical place you would expect to meet someone really preaching the gospel. So this guy is, um, you know, he's sharing with me that God wanted God wanted him to speak to me. And he had a plan for me. And, and you know, he was raising up an army. And I was listening to him. I took it, but I took it with a pinch of salt because I just thought, you know, I don't know who this guy is. He could be a madman, you know, I don't know um but i'm interested in what he's saying um and he said you know after, before the the night ended he said look can we you know continue this conversation um through facebook so can you take my name on facebook and you know um we'll we'll make um arrangements to see each other so he gave me his name um i left the boxing uh, and yeah f- after this um, over the the, the next um, days or, or so, I, I just I just couldn't shake off what this man had said to me. I just couldn't shake it off, you know. Um, maybe he was a madman. maybe what God was calling me, I don't know, but it, it really interested me, you know. um I' tried everything in life. and um, nothing had satisfied me always thirsty you have to try and everything else.
0: You're listening to the reality. Produced by Sure Reality, a listener supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listeners to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the Sure Reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sure Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. If you've just joined us, a very hearty hello to you. Welcome indeed to The Reality, which is a half-hour talk show talking about real life as found in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more, please send me an email, dudley at surereality.net. Dudley at surereality.net. Indeed, if you'd like to know more about Sure Reality that produces this radio program, once again email me, dudley at surereality.net, or visit the website surereality.net. Today on The Reality, we're speaking with James Gwilt, an amazing story of a young man who grew up in a slightly dysfunctional home and ended up at school being a bit of a rebel, found himself eventually in the world of drugs and crime and prison. On release from prison, James decided to get involved in a sport. He took up boxing. It was at a particular boxing match one day that a man simply walked up to him from the crowd, touched him on the shoulder and said to him, James, I'd like to tell you my story. The man progressed to tell him the story about how he found Jesus Christ and the hope for living in a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. The man said to James, God's got a plan for your life. This unnerved James, but got him thinking a little bit more about the meaning of life. Let's find out more.
1: The um, moments after I started to start, I started to change. You know, I'm this guy. I'm asking him questions. Me, me and him are going backwards and forwards on Facebook. I'm asking him questions about the faith, and he's pointing me to different people to to listen to and, and answering my questions as best as he could. Mm. Um, but I'm still living this life, um, still selling drugs. Um, but I'm starting to feel guilty now. Um, the first time in my life, you know, since sixteen. I've been selling drugs from I was 16 to 33. And I always used to say, you know, if they don't buy it from me, they'll buy it from somebody else. So that was my way of just being ignorant to it, really, Um, and and really just sticking my head in the sand. And um, I started to feel guilty for the first time after this experience with this man. I really started to see the damage it was causing and um, the way it was destroying families and children's lives were being destroyed because parents were on it. And I was like, my eyes were being opened to it all. After this, I'm getting all this conviction, this strong conviction, um, and it, it comes to kind of really when it really, <laughs> it really does comes to a head. Is one day um, I'm sat up in bed and I, I, I can is the weirdest experience. I'm sat, sat up in bed watching TV. It's like I had um, an out of body experience, um, and literally. I was sat up and my girlfriend at the time, she was my girlfriend at the time. Um, she's now my wife, but at the time she was my girlfriend. She's asleep and I literally watching the TV and it was like something came and sucked me out of my body and I'm in front of a light, um, this light. And it's like, it's like this light is talking to me, but not with words. It's 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 telling me about the Holy Spirit. And I just feel this ultimate it's like love, if you could feel love, if you could feel it, um, you know, you could touch love, it was like, that's what, it was the purest form of love I've ever, I couldn't, I can't even break it down into words, it was just, I just felt love. This is what I was always been looking for in my life, you know, Um, I know my mom loved me, but because of the hard work, because she was tired, she'd get home, I didn't really get to, to, to feel that. And it was like, for the first time, I'd really felt this this love, the most beautiful feeling um, I've ever. I can't, like I say, I can't um, use words to describe it.
0: The scriptures tell us that God watches over his word to perform it. It says that God's word shall not return to him empty, but it shall accomplish that which he purposes and succeed in the thing for which he sent it. The experience that he's just described is the fulfilment of these scriptures. God was watching over his word in James's heart to fulfill the purpose for which he had called him.
1: From there, um, I remember coming back and I'm sat up in bed after this experience and I'm in hysterics, you know, in absolute hysterics. Um my wife kinda um, you know, she's wondering what's wrong with me, thinking I've gone a bit mad, you know. I mean, like I said on occasions before taking drugs etc so she probably just thought you know i kind of lost my mind or whatever um and i'm sat there and i'm in bed and i'm thinking you know am i going crazy what is happening what, what you know this 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 kind of um um introduction to to the to christ and with this man and now this and and you know i'm so i say a prayer and i say god you know if if this is real. If, if you know you're really calling me, um, I want a sign. I, I need a sign. I need to know that this is not just me going crazy. And I said, um, if you, you're you're calling me, if this is real, um, I will check my phone um, on my Facebook to see if this man has has sent me a message. Um, and it was about one o'clock on a Sunday morning, Sunday early hours, one o'clock in the morning um you know christians aren't really meant to be awake at one o'clock you know on a sunday so um i'm expecting you know i'm I'm click on this um message i mean on my phone and there's a message from this guy who had asked for this message two minutes previous so it's like one o'clock in the morning on a sunday so i'm just looking at the phone Uh, i didn't even open the message and i'm just like wow like how did he know how did he how did he know that i wanted this message and i'm you know i'm just my hairs on my my neck is standing up, and I'm just like, how did he know? Um, and I managed to get the confidence to click on the message to see what, you know, he'd said. And in the message, it says, um, blessings to you, time for a coffee, I just know. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm there beforehand saying, how did he know? And then at the end of the message, he had a full stop, and I just know. So, you know, I'm like, he's even m- answered <laughs> what i was saying to myself out loud you know and and that the, i just know had nothing to do with the rest of the message it was just blessings to you time for a coffee and um, i just know what did he know do you know what i mean because that's exactly what i was saying before i looked at the message how did he know um and i've dropped the phone in in complete shock and quite scared actually um you know everything had been going on and um yeah so from after that I just I remember coming out of my house, and and I, I just remember I noticed the world for the first time. I literally saw the clouds. I was amazed by clouds. I was amazed by the birds. I was amazed by the trees. Everything I was just seeing was literally like I could see God's work in everything. Everything was more colorful. It, it, I just it was like I was taken away from the prison of my mind, and it was like God was showing me all. He was showing me all, all all His glory and all the creation. It was just amazing, um, and from then, I decided I couldn't sell drugs anymore. I said, "You know what? This is this is real to me now. This is what, this is what I wanted. I wanted proof that God was real. Because you know, I always used to say that if it, I, I can't just believe a book, I need you know some proof. I can't just believe you know that a book written thousands of years ago. Like anyone can write a book. That was my statement. That's what I used to say. Um, but I was getting some some. <laughs> I say supernatural um, proof that I just couldn't explain that you know for me was my answer and uh, the apostle Paul says you know we didn't come to you with word only but with power Um, and I experienced that power.
0: This encounter with the living God changed James's outlook on life. He stopped taking drugs, he stopped selling drugs, he committed his life to looking after his children and living with purpose. He says, it's really odd how when he was taking drugs, he was accepted by his friends. But after giving his life to Christ and giving up on drugs, his friends called him crazy. He says, this world is truly upside down. James Gwilt's life made a complete 180 degree turn.
1: From there, I walk into church, um, have the most amazing experience in church. There's people from all different walks of life. There was like no agenda, everyone's got their hands in the air they're there for something other than themselves and that really hit me Um, and and I gave my life to Christ and then from then um, I've witnessed miracles my son's been healed he's never had a sense of smell before you know I found Christ he's been looked over by doctors and and we've had hospital appointments where they couldn't work out why he couldn't smell and he was prayed for and he ended up smelling everything smells better than anyone in my household um, and I've just seen so many things that, you know, God and he's restored my relationships. You know, me and my girlfriend, who our relationship was just really on the rocks. You know, God restored that. We're now married. Um, and um, I didn't know what I was going to do after I'd left, you know, selling drugs. It was all I ever knew. I dedicated most of my life to it. And when I would made, you know, Christ my savior, I just said a prayer. I said, you know, I don't know what you're going to do with me. Um, you know, I've got tattoos on my face. I've got, you know, a criminal record that's, that's quite long. I've got firearms offences and I've got no, you know, work history. Who's going to employ me, you know, but I trust you. I, I know that you've called me. I know that you, um, you have a plan. Um, and then from the coming months after that, I went through a, a process of just growing, reading the Bible, you know, really getting to know who, who God was. I just trusted I trusted um, Jesus and um, somebody somebody came and prophesied over me and told me that I was gonna show the children the light and at the time I didn't understand it it didn't make any sense to me Um, but um, a pastor from Uganda I think it was Uganda in Africa he came and he prophesied and said that you're gonna show the children the light I remember applying for several jobs and then on the same day I get uh, two jobs then one working in a children's home and another one working with children who were in gangs. Then now I've established a career working with children who are in gangs. Um, and it's exactly where, you know, I came from. It, God has put me back there in a place. But, you know, at this time with a different message. And the only reason I'm able to mentor these young boys because Jesus has mentored me.
0: What an amazing story today on The Reality, speaking with James Gwilt, young man touched and changed by the reality of Jesus in his life, finding the purpose for which God had called him. God's got a calling for your life too. I believe that because the Bible says, I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. If you'd like to know more about what James has been speaking about, or you have some questions, I would love to hear from you. Email me, dudley at surereality.net. Dudley at surereality.net the realities produced by listener supported radio ministry sure reality you can help us make these programs by supporting this ministry financially and indeed through prayer please find out more at our website surereality.net from me to you as always keep walking in that sure reality of christ